1: edition of the steve jones show news radio 1070 wkok and sean carey we'll hear from steve in just a moment from the sunbury motor studio sunbury motors ford lincoln hyundai in the north 4th street auto plaza sunbury and sunbury motors kia on the strip Routes 11 and 15 in hummels wharf we've got a steve jones show facebook page give it a like follow us on twitter twitter handle at steve jones psu and subscribe to our Steve Jones Show podcast. It's available on both the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, and Google Play. And when you subscribe, each show will drop right into your smartphone and tablet each Monday through Friday. And if you want to go back and replay any of the live shows, we've got three months of shows archived at SteveJonesShow.com. And our email is SteveJones at WKOK.com. You can drop us a line anytime and the toll-free 1-800-795-9565. We'll be talking Bracketology later with Jerry Palm. CBS Sports Bracketologist is scheduled to join us at 4.35. Later this week, we'll also hear from Bucknell men's basketball coach Nathan Davis. Tomorrow night, it's Bucknell in Colgate for the Patriot League Championship. That's a 7.30 tip time. And live coverage will start at 7 on Eagle 107 at 107.3. Plus, I hear that... Uh, Rob Center from Eagle 107's Rock and Roll Morning Show. He'll be doing a live broadcast from outside Soika beginning at 5 tomorrow afternoon. So if you're going to be planning on going to the game, head over early and track down Rob. Tell him you heard about it here. Of course, you'll hear the game tomorrow night. Bucknell Colgate on Eagle 107. You can also listen to it on our WKOK app. All you have to do is tap the Eagle 107 button on our app. And you'll have access to the Bucknell play-by-play tomorrow night. And streaming as well at eagle107.com. So we will see if Bucknell punches their ticket into March Madness or will they get into the NIT. Either way, we will find out Sunday night all together. Also, later this week, we'll have Kim Jones, the great pro football reporter from NFL Network. She was at the scouting combine last week. And into yesterday in Indianapolis, we will get her take on the scouting combine, uh, combine, uh, Saquon Barkley, and much more when she joins us on Friday. And, of course, we'll wrap up the week Friday with Steve's brother, Kevin Jones. He'll check in from Connecticut. Well, we talked about this at the top of yesterday's show about Pittsburgh placing the franchise tag on running back Le'Veon Bell. That has happened for the second consecutive year. Bella told ESPN reporter Jeremy Fowler the Steelers had planned to franchise him again. and Also, that was part of uh, Steve's conversation yesterday with Steelers beat writer from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Jerry Dulac. Check out our podcast and stevejoneshow.com for that interview. Steelers increased last year's long-term contract offer, but Bell adjusted his contractual floor to $14.5 million per year. To align with the running back tag, he won't play for a contract that averages less annually, so he says. So, the question is, will there still be no deal in place late July when they head back to Latrobe for training camp? Bell said the Steelers might see him in Week 10. Just in time to pick up his accrued NFL season of
2: the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah. Lots of talk. Blah, 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 blah. Doodle, doodle, d. Wubba, wubba, wubba. I mean, blah, 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 blah. It's all talk. Look, you're going to get franchise tagged again. Just keep negotiating. That's all. Just keep doing it. You'll be fine. You'll get the money he wants. All good. Steeler fans can then relax and then worry about a defense that can't stop the little sisters of the poor. So, that's your
1: defense. Uh, hey, you may- this goes to show how great made- of a player Ryan Shazier was. They really went uh, you, you, yeah.
2: you made Blake Bortles look like he should be in the Pro Bowl. Not encouraging. That, that That's not encouraging. And Ryan Shazier, uh, that, that a, an absolute pure athlete, playing linebacker with, with that had really good instincts. But I mean, he won't be able to play this year. Now, I think Jerry Dulak made a really good point. If you had to pick a guy that the, that could really help the Steelers moving forward, Mike Kosicki would be a great pick. Yeah, and I'm sure they feel compelled that they have to they have to draft inside linebacker, right? And that's, that's that's the big issue here. That's the big issue. What do they do with it? And let's give the NFL credit. It's snowing in March. It's been a month since your championship game, and we're talking about the NFL. Brilliant. And we're going to have Pro Day here two weeks from today. And Kim Jones is going to be on the show on Friday. <coughs> Le'Veon Bell. Franchise tag. There you go. That brilliant running style. Great. I'm waiting for my line to make a block. Steeler fans hate when I say that. But I always ask, okay, the question I I think it was a legitimate question. Okay, if this is such a, quote, great running style, how come he's the only guy that uses it? Because he's got better instincts, and blah, blah, blah. No, the reason is because there's no hole. If there's a hole, you run through it. It's kind of an amazing fact. Now, the plus of what the Steelers do offensively with their line is that they don't allow a lot of penetration. They do get stalemates at the line of scrimmage. That's a good thing, that's a really good thing which then allows a guy like Bell to then find a hole and go. But in terms of the ability to get the initial hole, um, not one of your better groups. But that's another topic, another day. I have not received any text messages about some St. Petersburg race today. So it's all good. Good. shows yeah. shows no, no, it shows off to a good start. Yep. Uh, I, felt like, I felt like we shut that down yesterday effectively. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, only it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I know. It's only Tuesday. I yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. But the more and more you describe about Le'Veon Bell, the more I'm thinking, okay, the more I'm trying to convince myself that the team should just move on. But who do you get to replace him? And, well, no, and, and, and would that person have... That instinct, that trait, that characteristic to find the hole quicker than what Levy and Bell—that Le'Veon Bell could. Well,
2: no, I, you know Bell. It's not a question of Bell finding the hole quicker. It's not that. It's it's more that he's forced to run this way. Hey, okay, my—that's my point. My point is he is forced to run that way because it's not there. See, that's my point is that when he gets the ball initially, there's nothing there, but they do have a stalemate. Then they're strong enough to then create something, and he, he is brilliant enough and has enough vision to do it. Great. Um, so that's fine. But, no, they should not move on from him. All this is, is, look, it's it's March. Camp begins in late July. You have how many months to solve this? And by franchise tagging him, right, it does give them more of a and um it does give them more of an opportunity to to negotiate with them. So it's not a question of moving on. The guy's, you know, you want to keep them. He's is I mean, there's no better all around back in the NFL than he is. Now I think that's about to be challenged. By the Cleveland Browns new running back. You don't like me saying that, do you?
1: There's a lot of Penn State fans that would, it's like, oh no, is, is, he's, is, is he going to
2: go to Cleveland? Ugh. Yeah, but I have a completely different attitude about that. And it's very simple. Is that, look, the Browns may have been 0 16 this year. okay, Definitely 0 16. No getting around. All right. I mean, Detroit, Tampa Bay, and the Cleveland Browns, O for teams. But guess what? They aren't as far off in some ways as people realize. And he could be a big reason why they get turned and going. In conjunction, if they make the right pick at quarterback. Now, the problem they're going to have at quarterback is going to be is that I think this is an okay quarterback class. There's a lot of them. But I don't think it's a great quarterback class by any stretch of the imagination. There's no surefire guy. out. There's no Andrew Luck in this group here. There's no Peyton Manning in this group. And what worries worries you is that you may end up with somebody like Matt Ryan, really, really good, or you may end up with Ryan Leaf. That's how this is all over the place on the quarterback part. That's why if I'm the Browns, I pick Barkley first. Then I then if you're Cleveland, you put three quarterbacks on the board, a one, a two, and a three. They don't have to put any more than that. They just have to evaluate three that they think are their their best three options. And the reason I say three is they pick fourth. So taking into account that maybe the next two picks or quarterbacks, you take your third. You can only be bad
1: for so long, and I keep telling myself there's going to be a year when Cleveland is finally going to turn it around. I mean, I figured they had the right head coach in place with Hugh Jackson. And is Deshaun Kaiser really, really that bad? I mean, is there still a chance for him to turn it around? I'm not just saying that he would be you know, better than, the. let's just say Cleveland will take that. You know, if they think, at number four if, for a quarterback.
2: If they think Deshaun Kizer's, is can be good enough moving forward, they'll draft Bradley Chubb fourth. But guess what? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Now, eventually, they'll catch him past Pittsburgh. When you've had enough picks in conjunction with, at some point, you know darn well Ben is going to have to retire. Now suddenly the, the tables get turned because there is no Aaron Parent in Pittsburgh. There's no Aaron Rodgers on the roster, and and let's face it, Green Bay totally lucked into that. Completely lucked into Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was considered a top ten pick. Kept falling, falling, falling. Green Bay said, "How oh, long is Brett Favre going to be here?" Gotta give him credit. But yes, the Browns were 0 16. It is easy to make jokes about them until you start really examining what they have. Their offensive line is not that bad. Their defensive front is not that bad. It's this is not a this is not a team completely like. oh we have to overhaul the entire roster. Well, no, you don't have to overhaul the entire roster. You don't have to do that. Hey, Jerry Palm today uh, on the show. Jerry, uh, by the way, he will not have uh, a favorable report on Penn State, so I already know that. I mean, going in, but we'll talk about everything else that goes in with it, including what's the fate now of St. Mary's. Uh, and, uh and the St. Mary's part is interesting because there's the bottom line. You know, people ask about Power Five conferences. Well, part of playing in a Power Five conference is that a lot of times you're playing somebody. And part of the problem of being in a mid major is that you aren't. And the St. Mary's resume is a big reason why. I mean that's. I mean, I mean St. Mary's lost to BYU last night. They also have a loss to San Francisco late in the season, which is what, one forty-two. I mean that's that's where it is. I mean every time I've, I've in the last five years, every time I've watched St. Mary's, every single time I have not been impressed, not once. Five years. So you got to watch same areas. You got to watch same areas. And then I watch them and go, really? That's it? Oh. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. There are a lot of
1: places to get insurance coverage, but only one place in the Susquehanna Valley ready to put four generations of experience to work for you. Hi, I'm Adam Purdy. At Purdy Insurance, we take the time to talk with you and find the right coverage for your needs. Everyone's situation is unique, so our approach is to customize coverage to best protect you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance solutions you need, call, email, or stop in to see how our commitment to personal service can help protect what matters
2: to you. basketball today. Uh, Boston College advanced in the ACC tournament. BC actually has had a, a good year for Jim Christian. They uh, beat Georgia Tech today, 87-77. Notre Dame leads Pitt 31-18 to with uh, about two and a half minutes to go in the first half. I think Notre Dame already has enough points. What? What? Uh, Wake Forest plays Syracuse tonight. That's an important one because if Wake wins, that helps Penn State. Then uh, College of Charleston and Northeastern play tonight. Wagner plays LIU tonight in the Battle of Brooklyn and Staten Island. Cleveland State and Wright State play tonight. BYU for the West Coast Conference Championship will play Gonzaga tonight. And then there's South Dakota State against South Dakota in Sioux Falls tonight. Uh, That's going to be fascinating because there's going to be a lot of emotion in that building. It's not like the, it's like the, these are not two slouches. I mean, South Dakota State won twenty seven games. South Dakota won twenty six, and they are the top two seeds. South Dakota State uh, was the number one seed heading in. They went thirteen and one in Summit League play, and South Dakota was eleven and three. There you go. And the last time they played, South Dakota State one by four. Close game. <laughs> Let me watch a little bit of that tonight. What the heck? You don't get a chance to watch South Dakota State play very often? What the heck? Or South Dakota? What the heck? Let's have some fun here. You know, either that or I can watch a rerun of an IndyCar race. What the heck? Nah. Yeah. Oh, you see, you just, you're a hater. No, no, no. No, I mean, you're a hater. Honey, what are you doing? Watching the Jackrabbits. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Now, now, see, at that point, like, you're a normal human being. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, seriously. I think Notre Dame already has enough points. Just an opinion. Yeah, South Dakota, South Dakota State, or watching people drive through the streets of St. Petersburg. What do you want to do? Sounds like an easy decision to me. Let's
1: see. Pens are off tonight, so yeah.
2: Oops. I, I watched the Pens last night. I watched some of that last night we against imagine. Calgary. That was a good, good game. All right. Neil Kulong, next half hour.
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
2: Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Neil Coulong. In just a few moments, we'll get to Le'Veon Bell being franchised by the Steelers. It's just so interesting to watch the suit pace back and forth in the hallway. Now, what has my advice always been to him on these topics? It's always been simple. Don't worry about things you can't control. Now, can you control this? No. So don't worry about things you can't control. Alright, let's get to this day in sports history and uh, this day in sports history includes what the USFL by the way it was on this date got rolling with its first I like the USFL I do what the heck? I mean I I I enjoyed it. Didn't mind spr I mean I'd have fun with it once in a while in doing talk shows and things like that, saying, Yeah, the traditional Easter game <laughs> had a little bit of star power, Herschel Walker. They had, they had a lot of star power. Yeah. They you know that part they were pretty good. Uh this day here we go. Nineteen seventy three Larry Heisel of the Twins became baseball's first designated hitter, a spring training exhibition game against the Pirates. Now, that was spring training. The official first one was Ron Bloomberg of the Yankees. NBA history. San Antonio beat Milwaukee 171-166 to 166 in three overtimes and set a record for the most points by two teams in a game. The record was then beaten on December 13, 1983, by the Pistons and the Nuggets when they played the final game uh, played a game that the final was one eighty six to one eighty four. Now I've got a funny story about the Pistons Nuggets game that went one eighty six one eighty four. Dick Harder had been the head coach here at Penn State. Did not have his contract renewed. And when his contract wasn't renewed, he was able to get a job as an assistant coach with the Detroit Pistons. And Bruce Parkhill was hired to be the Penn State basketball coach. When the Pistons beat the Nuggets 186 to 184 in 1983, December of 83. So it was his first season with the Pistons and he, you know, been removed for in April earlier that year. He faxed the box score to us with a note saying, isn't it really cool how the Pistons named me their offensive coach? 1983, the USFL began its first season of competition. I like the USFL. I really did. I I enjoyed watching it. I, yeah, you make a little fun of certain things here and there. I, But I was a fan of the USFL. Okay. You know. And we had the guy on a couple of years ago. And, uh... Suit set up. Suit did a great job of setting us up. The guy that wrote the book on the history of the USFL, mm-hmm. hey, he sent me the book. The whole thing was great. I really enjoyed it. All right. Time for the draft. Combine time. Uh, no word on what Neil ran. Oh, by the way, just a quick note. Uh, Rich Eisen for uh, NFL Network over the years has run 40 yard dashes. And of course, the contributions benefit. St. Jude Children's Hospital. The commissioner ran 541 and Rich Eisen ran 597. For Rich Eisen, that's the second fastest he has run in 10 years and the second time he's been under 6. So good for him and he did, he's been doing it all for St. Jude Hospital. He can't do enough for children's hospitals. Whether it's Janet Weiss or Saint Jude, you I can't do enough. This is a news flash for
1: me. Was that the first time that uh, Commissioner Goodell ran the forty? Ha- has run it? Yes. Wow.
2: First time he'd run it.
1: I thought I saw. I may have found something on my Twitter timeline t- on my timeline yesterday. I thought it was a joke. I thought someone no. was pranking. Wow. N- nope.
2: Good they hell. set it up. They set it up in the office, and you know they had a, a runway in, in the office, and the commissioner went out and ran it, sent it. They sent it to Rich. At the combine, then Rich ran his. Uh, Bill Belichick stopped by the booth at one point before Rich ran and presented a check, and it must have been a pretty good sized check, because they never said what the number was, because probably Coach Belichick Belichick didn't want people to know what the number was, but evidently was very generous um, on behalf of him running the forty. the NFL Network really doesn't just do a good job with the Combine. They do a great job with the Combine. They really do. Not good. They do great. See, that's the kind of television. You know, hey, look, we all have our different things. I mean, you know, uh, you know, but I like no-nonsense. Like, talk to me here. All right. Well, let's get Neil Coolong in here. Neil, welcome. Always good to hear you. Be here. All right. So uh, I think a lot of people are referring to it as the Penn State show out there between Gasicki and Apke and Haley and Hamilton and some guy named Barkley. Uh, what did you think of the Penn State show out there?
3: I, I thought they were great. I, I, I don't. I myself am not at all surprised by that, and nobody that I read that I trust on the subject was surprised by it either. Um, I, I guess I didn't really anticipate. Um, looking at them all individually, you can definitely see that these are, are high level players. They're very well coached. Um, they look great on on film. They played very well together. But, you know, within their, their, these guys are good athletes. You know, and obviously Barkley is the, the headline of all of that. Um, I thought he would do well. I didn't think. I, I, I'm not even sure I thought it was possible for him to, to do the stuff that he did, the numbers that he put up. Um, we talked about it last week. You know, I, I think that that legitimately puts him in conversation for the top pick. Um, that hasn't happened in a while, and there, there's a lot that you know people will say um, in regards to, to maybe that not being the best strategy to take a running back number one overall. But where Cleveland is, um, you know, they, they're they're in the driver's seat. It, this is definitely a, a very top ten heavy class. They're great. Uh, You know, the 10 best players are, are, in my opinion, well above average historically. Um, They have two of them. So they're going to get two great players, assuming that they don't trade one of those picks. And they could do that as well. That wouldn't surprise me. You know, could they get Barkley at at three, potentially? Um, Let's see if everyone else is a quarterback, which I don't. So for me, it's like, if I'm Cleveland, what I'd rather do is talk to Kirk Cousins. (laughs) You know, if I can get a quarterback to play for a couple seasons and use two top five picks on a great class – uh, I'd, I'd be all for that, especially if Saquon Barkley is going to be the, the leader of my team, really, of, uh, over the next you know four or five years that he's going to be in town.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I it sounds like it's what the Jets and the Broncos or Kirk Cousins. Does that sound right?
3: The, the Vikings, I think. Uh, yeah, the Vikings. I'm sorry, the Vikings. Right? Yeah,
2: man, I am the Browns. <laughs> At least he's been through it. And, boy, that would open the door for me to take Barkley and, like, say, a Bradley Chubb or something like that. And I'd walk out of this thing going, all right, I don't care what I do in the other rounds.
3: Yeah, I mean, really, for for me, Cleveland, and we say this every year. I know, but this is the first year they have a, a, a legitimate general manager. So, more than anything, I think you know it, it's fairly obvious Cleveland's going to be the team that, that comes out of that the most improved. But I, I don't see why they can't do that in free agency as well. I don't know why they don't overhaul. They have they're just a, a talent starved roster There really just isn't anything there. What do you have to lose? You know, in right. my opinion, the, the the argument that you can make to Kirk Cousins is exactly that. Look how much better we're going to get. I I understand the Vikings. Vikings are there right now, and if if you're looking down at me, you're looking down at the Jets as well. So, if we're competing directly here with the Vikings because they're the team that, that's you know currently on top or you know close to being on top, this is where we can be. You know, this is what we're going to need to do to get there. Um, we can draft you the what's probably going to be the most dynamic running back in in the NFL next season. We'll have that guy getting the ball 25 times a game. Outside of that, we have potential at the receiver positions. That's another position we can address in this draft or in, you know, even in free agency. It, it, the Browns just have a lot more room to grow, I think. The Vikings are, are going to... They're not going to be able to give them a long-term deal. In fact, the report that I'm reading now is that uh, the, the offer they're planning on giving was three years, $91 million, all of it guaranteed. And right. that, that's the kind of deal they'd have to. Cleveland can do that. They could do it four years. You know, it's, I think both of them are, are you know eye-popping, considering we never seen it in the NFL, but if you want to be competitive long-term here, I think the Browns have the opportunity to do that. And I'm, I'm usually a lot more optimistic about the Browns in, in the offseason than I probably should be, but they have a chance to get a lot better, and I, I think Cousins would, would be wise to look at that. All
2: right, let's get to the next part. Uh, I know you and I both know the Steelers now, with everything you have with Shazier, is probably looking at defense, but how seriously should they consider a guy like Mike Kosicki?
3: It, it, I think the position needs to be addressed. You know, first and foremost, I, I don't think they can escape the draft without two or three of their first three or four picks being defensive players. I think they they just have to do that. And it, in that, it, you don't know what you're going to get from the Steelers' defense year in and year out. You know, it, for me, it, it's not. Uh, It's a real challenge to to look at the players now and see who's really going to be a fit anymore. Because a lot of the guys that they've taken in the past, I didn't see as being good fits at all. And typically, that's the defensive players they've taken. That's kind of what they're like. So, um, for me... it. I don't know it, the the direction of where they're going uh who fits and what they want to do. I'm not sure the Steelers have found yet what they want to do and I think they're trying to, to create more of a system where uh, the talent that's available um they're they're catering the system around that. They don't really have a, a, a set defense anymore. It's changed, you know, pretty dramatically each year that that, uh, that Butler's been in charge and you know to to the point where even Tomlin took over last year at, at one point. Um, I think anybody and nobody is a fit. It really is just going to kind of depend on on where they're picking and if they are able to make any moves in free agency.
2: But now let's get to the quarterbacks, which will be the dominant story. I mean, Barkley will be a dominant story because he might be the first overall pick. But the quarterbacks will be the story. What is it about them you don't like?
3: Um, All of them, to me, have a a pretty tragic flaw. And this is, granted, the the post-Andrew Luck era of quarterback evaluations where things are are much more black and white just because you had a guy that that had so few uh, limitations at the age that he was at. It's really just a, a remarkable prospect that we don't see all the time, but it almost, in a way, makes every other quarterback's flaws that much more exaggerated. Um, issues with Rosen. People are talking about you know him being kind of a, a, a loose cannon. He'll say whatever he wants all the time. I mean, stuff like that to me is nonsense. I, I think he's probably the most uh, ready of all of them. I think he's the best package, and I think he could turn out to be a pretty good player. But it, you watch him, nothing really blows me away about him. He doesn't have like a great trait. Like Allen, at least, you know he can throw a, a football through a cement wall, I'm sure. That kind of thing is it, something a coach can, can mold around. If they have time and they have the ability to, to, to really put him to work, um, you, you can see a higher level with him. But at the same time, what you do see, and we've discussed this a couple times, is he's miserable on film. I mean, it's just it, it's embarrassing, but embarrassingly bad sometimes. To suggest he's a first round pick, like he's going to be, you know, he will I, because he has he has too much physical talent not to. He's a quarterback. Man, that's, that's yeah. That that's, it, it's tough to ignore that. And today, especially with the CBA the way that it is, that that fifty year option being. You know, considerably lower than what the franchise franchise tag would be. If you're going to take a quarterback, you almost have to take him in the first round. Doesn't matter how good he is. If you want a quarterback, you have to take him there because you need that fifty-year option. That said, that's the only reason I, I think a guy like uh, Quentin Nelson or Saquon Barkley are not in, in consideration for one of those, uh, you know, first or second picks. Just right. simply because you got to take the quarterback, and he's not going to be there at 33, 34, 35. So um, a lot of it. <clears throat> It it comes down to jockeying, um, what you're seeing today, and how you feel you can coach that quarterback up. And I've I've, banged the drum a couple times for Lamar Jackson. I think he could legitimately uh, legitimately be in play just simply because you want to have a fifth year with a guy like Lamar Jackson, for sure. Um, But he's such a a rare talent, and he's such a, a flawed prospect right now any coach that really has confidence in what he's doing and his ability to teach would want a guy like Jackson, depending on you know where their offense is and what they could do with it. Um, hey, I don't think he's the best player that's out there, but I think he's the quarterback. I'd probably take Rosen, um, number one, if, if it's me drafting my team and I'm starting from scratch. Uh, I think I would be the most intrigued with Jackson. I think he would be the one that I, I, I feel – it's a much bigger risk but I feel like I could get more out of him in the long term than I could Rosen and Allen, for me, I don't want anything to do with a guy that that doesn't look like he can walk and chew gum at the same time that's not the type of quarterback that I would want Um, Jackson seems like a leader uh, highly accomplished in college those types of things stand out to me more than, you know, the the flawed nature of a 21, 22 year old quarterback. He's barely played. You know, you think about football players um well more than any other sport. They have so few game reps in comparison right. to a, a baseball player from california they're halfway through their varsity season right now and it's, it's early march you know the, those guys are swinging all year round in games in live action you only get so many live football games and especially with, with quarterbacks that leave early they have even less time so it's even harder to evaluate where they're going to be and it, you don't want to fall into the trap of um, necessarily evaluating where he is now but he's got to be past a certain point for me to, to spend a high pick on him
2: Uh, Baker Mayfield is an interesting case. We know there have been off-the-field problems, and I guess he did not exactly endear himself to everybody at the Senior Bowl. Now, anybody can interview properly, but is his personality a concern for NFL people, or do they like the feistiness of it?
3: I think you're going to hear both things, and I think you'll also hear a lot from the the teams that secretly want him. I mean, he's probably a legitimate middle to late round, first round guy, uh, just because he he has the accomplishment, um, a a lot of success, there are a lot of really good parts to his game. The personality piece of it, yeah, I I think some teams are legitimately going to be turned off by that, but I think there are going to be other teams that want to plant those rumors as well, so he isn't picked up, you know, perhaps uh, earlier in the round. Um, He's somebody that, you wonder how high his ceiling is, but at the same time, I, I think if you're convinced that he's the right type of guy for your locker room, for for you know, the players who are there right now, everyone's feisty. Everyone likes the the you know all-out guy that might be a little bit too demonstrative. It, it's it's kind of endearing and. In, in, uh in, in one sense of it but the other the other side of it he's playing with veterans now he's not the big guy there but he has to win over the huddle he has to win over the locker room is he going to be able to do that early because if he can't play early um, you're, you're kind of wasting a year of a quarterback he really has to be a guy that, that can step in uh, considering his in my opinion anyway kind of limited ceiling I think he's a good player now I don't know how much more he's going to grow. So if he has to come into my team, he's somebody that I'm going to need to play pretty early on in his career. Somebody like Denver, I think, makes a lot of sense for him, just because of what they have already on defense. That the roster that they have, is he somebody that your alpha dogs in the locker room are going to be okay with? That's really the question to me. And I don't think he's you know he's probably just a little bit more demonstrative than, than other guys. But you know, quarterbacks, they're, they're supposed to be arrogant. They're supposed to be the, the, the macho guy in the locker room. I mean, you almost expect that. Um, I, I think he probably just did a few dumb things a little bit too often. Um, certainly getting arrested is one of them, but no, you know, yeah. I, I, I barely even know if that's an issue anymore. I, you know, I, I don't think a team would really be turned off by that now. Um, assuming you talked to him and he didn't sound like a complete idiot. At least he could pass the all-but-scripted interview You know at the Combine.
0: What
2: do you think of Bradley Chubb?
3: Um, I, I think uh, it, 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 it's such an interesting market. You know, you don't know what you're going to get year in and year out. I mean, where did Alvin Kamara come from? You know, right. it, it, he's somebody that a lot of people, it, the, the people that I trust in this business, they all raved about him last year. But he's still a third round pick or a fourth even. Why did he fall that low? What, what, what exactly was it about him? that convinced the team to be really excited about getting him in the fourth round and then play him a bunch. What, what happened there? What, what is that process? With Chubb, though, it's just like, what really is the flaw here? You know, it, Why wouldn't you take this guy You know, easily in the, the top 15? I, I think he has that ability, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes there. I think more teams are, are going to have to find more creative ways to get around the fact that teams have been loading up on these freakishly athletic gigantic edge defenders for so long their quarterbacks are going to get beat up and New Orleans again, I think is the perfect example of that. He's got into an argument with a guy last week. He was talking about how Drew Brees fell off. It's like Drew Brees didn't fall off. They just learned how to run the ball, and they did right. really well. Exactly. Didn't, they didn't need him to throw seven hundred times like they've done every other season. Right. You know, he's still a very talented player. Just look at the second half of, of the playoff game they were in. He did a great job. They just they found another way to win games. And it's, it, it's it seems to be kind of a, a plug and play way if you know what you're doing. And New Orleans is a great example of that. So somebody like Job, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I. I would take a guy like that in the first round for sure. I'd love to have a back like that. All right.
2: Hey, always a pleasure. Appreciate it very much, Neil. Definitely. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Neil Kulong, USA Today. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you: the other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sumbrey Motors Company in the North Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Sumbrey, and at SumbreyMotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.
0: You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.